Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul best again this morning. Lord, I am excited to come into your presence again this morning. My soul is delighted to magnify the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords again this morning. Lord, you are God and there is none beside you. You are God above all the earth, in all the heavens, in all of creation. No one and nothing can compare to you. None can compare to your awesome power. None can compare to your splendor, to your love, to your holiness. None can compare to your great power. Scripture says that by your power, you created the heavens and the earth. So we magnify you again this morning. Alpha and Omega, be magnified again this morning. King of all flesh, God of all spirits, we magnify you again this morning. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence to read our Bibles again, we ask, Lord, that you will speak to us. Help us, help us to glean understanding in your word and let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We continue our study, our study of the New Testament. Um, I want to say a big thank you to everyone joining in this morning. I hope you're doing well. But let's continue our study again this morning. Matthew chapter 5, 2 to 7, that's Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7, is what we call the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. So this will be Jesus' first Anyway, as captured my, by Matthew, this will be Jesus' first public mass teaching. Okay, Jesus had a few encounters here and there with different individuals, but for the first time, Jesus goes up on a mount, and as people gather to him, you want to think that he has been doing quite a few miracles here and there attracting attention here and there and so on this day when people hear that he is going to hold an event in a particular location they all flocked right there they flocked there okay so very very important this morning we'll be reading Matthew chapter 7 we already read chapter 5 and 6 we'll conclude the teachings today on Matthew chapter 7 and after then the miracles continue in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus teaches on very important topics that every child of God should pay attention to. Topics like judging, okay? What yardstick should I use when I pass judgment on others? 
Some people demand that you should not judge at all so that you yourself will not be judged. What did Jesus say? Jesus also teaches here about effective prayer. What makes prayer effective and powerful? You want your prayer to be powerful? You want your, pr- your prayer to move mountains? We will learn from me, Jesus, yeah. And then we see the golden rule. The golden rule. The golden rule is one that a lot of people talk a, so much about, but we just don't pay attention to its application. Okay, we will look at that and then we see the narrow gates, the narrow gates, the true and the tree and its fruits, and then Jesus talks about a true disciple. Okay, those are some of the teachings Jesus takes in Matthew chapter 7, so many of them. Well, let's see the lessons we can draw out this morning and apply to ourselves so that going forward from here, we can say that we will do exactly what Jesus would have done. Matthew chapter 7 from verse 1 says, Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. That is the first standard. Be slow to pass judgment on others. Why? It's Jesus says you will not be judged also. Okay, so that is almost impossible. It is impossible that we will not pass judgment on others. However, be cautious. Do not judge others and you will not be judged for you will be treated as you treat others and that version says with what measure you met out to others it will be measured back to you it will be meted back to you for you will be treated as you treated others the standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged okay if you are cruel on others you are spiteful and unforgiving with others, the same thing will be measured back to you. The same standard will be used for you too. Verse 3 says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eyes when you have you have a log in your own eye? In your own. Now, I think verse 3 is the most important part of this judgment part. If you read just verse 1 and 2, it seems as if Jesus is saying that you should not pass judgment at all. But that's not what he is saying. Jesus is saying, be slow, be careful when you pass judgment. However, in order to be able to pass judgment correctly, you want to be sure you have done verse 3 and 4. Jesus says, and why worry about a speck in your, in your friend's eyes when you have a log in your own? Why bother? Why are you trying to pass judgment on others when you are filled with the same thoughts? My dad would oftentimes teach us that you earn the right to criticize. You earn, you earn the right to pass judgment. In other words, it didn't allow just about anybody to be able to pass judgment. You earned the right. In other words, you could have earned it because you have consistently, you have consistently done the right things. You could have earned it because when it comes to that particular topic, that matter, you have proven yourself over time as someone who is responsible. And so in such instance, he would allow you to speak. And I'm telling you, he taught me a lot about judgment. Jesus says, look, why worry about a speck? You know what a speck is, right? A speck is tiny, that tiny little thing. (laughs) 
a speck in your friend's eyes when you have a log. You know what a log is, right? A log is a tree. A speck is like that shaft you get from, from sawdust. <laughs> when, you are, when they are sawing the wood, that dust you get is a speck. So you are bothered about something that tiny, that small in your friend's eyes, whereas you have the same thing, but yours now is a, is a log, is a tree shooting out of your own eyes. It will likely be shooting out, right? <laughs> if a log is coming out of your eyes, everyone can see it. If a speck is in a, in a friend's eyes, it is very likely you don't see it. Only those who are really, 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 really close to the person will be able to see. In other words, you have been an hypocrite. You are pretending. You are, you are colored with the same pencil and you are trying to pass judgment on someone else. You are an hypocrite. And I'm telling you, you we have a lot of hypocrites. We have a lot of them in church. Jesus says, look, why when you have a log in your own, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eyes? You can't see past your own weaknesses. You can't see past your own feeling. How will you be able to pass judgment correctly? This is where you can see past the log in your own eyes. Hypocrites. First, get rid of the log in your own eyes. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. In other words, you can pass judgment actually, but it has to be the correct judgment. You can only do that when you have dealt with the speck in your own eyes or you have dealt with the log in your own eyes. Better still, deal with both the log and the speck in your own eyes and then you can see clearly. But I promise you, if you've ever dealt with logs shooting out of your own eyes or speck from your own eyes, you will be very reluctant to pass judgment on others. It says first, get rid. First, get rid of the log in your home, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eyes. Don't waste what is holy on people who are, un, are, are unholy. Don't throw your pears to pigs. They will trample the pears, then turn and attack you. Simply put, Jesus is saying, uh, treat your gifts, treat your belongings, treat what you have as precious to you. <laughs> if they are precious as, if they are as precious as pears, then you would count or you would judge or measure the character of those you give them to. <laughs> because some of us, because we don't apply this verse 6 you know, to our dealings with people, sometimes we tell the wrong people our secrets. Yes, that's casting pearls before pigs. We tell the wrong people our strategies. That's casting your pearls before pigs. People that will use the same things we have said, they will use it against us. Okay? Jesus says, nah, 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 nah. You need to check. Are they pigs? If they are pigs, don't cast your pearls before them. Now, let's go to effective prayer. He said, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on asking. Now, Jesus is not talking about babbling. He already spoke against babbling in verse 5. He's not talking about babbling and just repeating your prayer point. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. You will. 
Jesus, Jesus guarantees that you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Jesus is talking about persistency. The place of being fervent in the place of prayer. Don't give up too quickly. Many people give up too early, too quickly in their prayers, on their prayers. They pray something, nothing is happening and then they give up. No, you must keep on knocking. You must keep on seeking. Yes, keep on seeking. You must keep on asking until you receive. It says, for everyone who asks, receives. Everyone. Everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Jesus guarantees the door will be open. So don't give up too early. Since you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread... Do you give them a stone instead? I'm sure the answer is likely no. Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? The answer again, I'm sure, is no. Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? In those few words, Jesus tells us, the most important part of prayer, your heavenly father. <laughs> it is because he is listening. We know that he is listening. Listening. We know that he is all powerful. We know that no one can stop him. When he says a thing, it will come to pass. If he makes a promise, he will keep it. That is why prayer is important. In fact, that is actually the reason why we are praying at all. If God did not have the capacity to answer our prayers... We won't bother ourselves to pray. Maybe we'll call on one, any of the other gods. Or just pray to ourselves. Even pray to someone we know has the capacity and the ability to be able to effect something. So the most important part of prayer Jesus teaches us this morning is your heavenly father. Develop a relationship with your heavenly father. Know your father's heart. Know your father's voice. Know his will, know his purpose, then you can begin to have the place of being fervent, the place of consistency, the place of being persistent, knocking and knocking until something happens, until God answers, until, until the solution comes. But Jesus says, Everyone who asks receives. I love that. Verse 12 says, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. That's the golden rule. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. You know, sometimes I think through the golden rule and it, make me, it makes me shiver. Hmm. You know, in psychology, we were taught that human beings naturally show mercy to themselves. They are patient with, we are patient with ourselves. We show mercy when we should be firm. When you are doing something wrong now, eh? you are doing something wrong now, you will excuse the wrong you are doing. 
you will you will already have the excuse oh it's because you slept you slept you slept very late that is why you did not you did not do the devotional as early as you should have done it you will make an excuse for yourself but when it is others ah you will use the correct standard jesus says wrong do to others whatever you will like them to do to you what would you like them to do to you most likely it is how you are doing to yourselves right to yourself right aha so if you remember that then use the same be patient with other people i'm telling you this morning i'm encouraging somebody be kind just the same way you will be kind to yourself in fact, I think it was the book of Galatians that said that no one, sorry, is it Ephesians, that says no one eats his own flesh. When it comes to the flesh of others, uh, that's when you will, you will, you will say, uh, uh, can he not fast? Can he not fast? Ordinary seven days straight fast? Dry fast? Uh, when it's you, uh, enter there. Come and fast seven days now. Then, then you will say, ah, you should be able to use, uh, it's still fasting. It's still fasting. Let him be able to drink water. It's still fasting. It's still fasting. Let him be able to eat bread, bread and water. Seven days is okay. It's still fasting. Ah, uh, whatever do to to others, whatever you would like them to do to you. Next, Jesus talks about the narrow gate. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. Only there are actually two gates. It says the highway to hell, so you would think that at the end of that highway there is a gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. There is a gate to heaven and there is a gate to hell. There is an entrance to heaven, there is an entrance to hell. It says um, for many who choose that way, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever finds it. Now, the question I often ask myself whenever I read verse 13 and 14 is that is God telling us that there will be by far more people in hell than, than in heaven? I don't think so. I think what Jesus is emphasizing here is the presentation of the gospel and how we must show people that when on the, if you want to go to hell, there are many ways to get there. Ah, in fact, there are many ways you can, can just continue to live your life however you want it. Any way you choose. It's very, in fact, choose any way that satisfies your own desire. It will, be, it will fall into that way. But when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, there is only one way. There is only one way. That way is Christ. And I, I think that is what Jesus is emphasizing here. Narrow is the way. It is so narrow that it is in just one name. There is only one name given under heaven by which men might be saved. That is the name of Jesus. That is the narrow way. Verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Beware of false prophets. We will need to be able to tell false prophets from true prophets from tell bad prophets from good prophets and that is why we study our bibles how will you be able to tell them apart jesus eventually will say that look by their fruits you will know them 
you will know what fruit each person has when you know the word of God for yourself. He says, who come beware of false prophets who come disguised. They are disguised, so they are disguised as armless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruits. That is, by the way they act. When Jesus says by their fruits, he means the way they act. Look at their actions. Look at what they are doing. Don't pay attention to what they are saying. Let their actions speak better, louder than their words. Says, can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces, of course, the answer to that is no, right? <laughs> a good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, can't, can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruits. In other words, Jesus is speaking about the judgment that will come on false prophets. Come upon all who turn the word of God upside down. Use the word of God for their own self-gain. That is what he meant when he said, look, a, good, a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. The bad tree themselves, they will be chopped down eventually and thrown into the fire. He says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Did you hear that? You can identify people by their actions. In fact, you can use this principle in almost every sphere of life. You can identify people by their actions. Pay attention to what people do. Stop listening to what they are saying. It's important to listen to what they say, but merge it, eh? merge it with what they are doing. A lot of us allow ourselves to be wooed by what people are saying. In fact, they are speaking so eloquently. It is so sweet that we, just, we trust them completely. No. People's actions are a better representation of their character. Okay? Very important. Listen to Jesus this morning. Verse 21. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. What is the will of the Father? Accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's this will. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. They never had a relationship with him. I never knew you. Get away from me. You will break God's law. Okay? God's will, his will, is that the whole world will be saved in Christ. This morning, I counsel again, I encourage you, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Our final topic this morning is building on a solid foundation verse, from verse 24. And I use this, I use this, uh, this set of verses, I use it to teach whenever I have the opportunity to speak at wedding ceremonies because I know that the couple are about to build a home. They're about to build a home together. And so I speak about a foundation. Jesus says, anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. 
Listening to his teaching and following it is what makes you wise. Wise, not listening alone. If you listen and you do not follow, you are actually foolish. It is like a like a person who builds a, a house, who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the wind beats against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears, who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, hmm? anyone but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. You see that? I didn't call you foolish. Oh. Jesus himself calls you foolish. Listening to the word of God, coming to church even, coming to church of coming to church every Sunday does not make you a Christian. In fact, singing in church, walking, walking in church, even preaching in church does not make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is that you are a child of God. You have come into a relationship with God. Uh, because of what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. You have accepted him as your Lord and, sa and Savior in Christ. When that happens, listen this morning, you will begin to, you will want to obey his words. Yes, you will want to do his words. It will not be enough for you that you just hear them. When that begins to happen, you will have a solid foundation in every area of your life. Since anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain and the flood come and wind beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. It will, guaranteed, it will collapse. So when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teachings. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. Now, let's round up this foundation part. Did you notice that the same rain, the same wind came against both houses? <laughs> in other words, in life, we will all face the same thing. Our families, we face the same thing. In our Christian work, we will likely face the same thing. What will ensure that we are standing at the end? What will ensure that we are standing at the end is because Eh? It is because we are doers of his word. It is because we practice his words. Jesus says, they hear my saying and they put them to practice. Ah, it says they will be like a house that is built on the bedrock. I pray this morning that you are built on the bedrock. Nothing will be able to shake you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we remember the golden rule this morning. We remember the golden rule this morning. Help us to apply these lessons to our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. We also remember the narrow gates this morning. Lord, help us to choose the narrow gates. Help us to choose Jesus every day in our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone who has joined in this morning. Lord, let their prayer lives be effective in the mighty name of Jesus. Give them the courage to be doers of your word. And let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.